The Bible. Good news, good advice, or garbage? Before we explore that question further, let me give you a joke that you will cherish for about three seconds. Who was the greatest babysitter in the Bible? Answer, David, because he rocked Goliath to sleep. Now before you pick up stones, uh, we'll get back to the topic here. Or tomatoes, I would love that one of these days. The Bible, good news, good advice, or garbage? Here are some answers. The Bible is very easy to understand. But we Christians are a bunch of scheming swindlers. We pretend to be unable to understand it. Because we know very well that the minute we understand, we are obliged to act accordingly. Soren Kierkegaard. Properly read, the Bible is the most potent force for atheism ever conceived. Isaac Asimov. A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Charles Spurgeon. No man ever believes that the Bible means what it says. He is always convinced that it says what he means. George Bernard Shaw. The Bible was not given for our information, but our transformation. D.L. Moody. Sometimes, the Bible in the hand of one man is worse than a whiskey bottle in the hand of another. Harper Lee. People say lots of things about the Bible. But before we can talk about what the Bible says, we first need to determine what the Bible is. And that's our topic for this morning. Origin and organization. What is the Bible? So let's start with organization. The Bible is a library. It's a library. It is a collection of books. Now, Christians do look for the consistent themes and the red thread that weaves its way throughout all of those books. But you have to understand, it's a library. It's a collection of books. Many different kinds of books. Different genres of books, like poetry, or history, or law. There is no biblical genre of 20th century science textbook. And the Bible has at least over 40 human authors. And some of the books of the Bible go all the way back to 1000 BC. And some go all the way forward to 100 AD. Every Bible, every Bible has, in its New Testament, 27 books. Say 27. And every Bible has at least in its Old Testament, 39 books. Say 39. Now there are some Bible versions, like in the Catholic and Orthodox churches, that have some extra or additional books. Question. What language or languages was the Bible written in? I hear Aramaic, I hear Latin, I hear Greek, I hear Hebrew. Yes, Hebrew and Greek. There's a little bit of Aramaic. 
but it's pretty much Greek and Hebrew were the original languages. And did you know that the Bible is the most translated book in history? Does anyone want to guess how many languages the Bible has been translated in? Just shout out some numbers. Well, every... No, that doesn't work. It has not been translated in every language. Number. Give me a number. 263. 263. 123. 500. The Bible has been translated into approximately 670 languages and counting. Whew, that's a lot of languages, isn't it? And I'm just going to spend a few moments right now reading to you a verse from each of those 670 <laughs> languages. No, no. I'm only going to use the English translations. That won't take very long. That would also take the afternoon. All right, now let's talk about origin. Let's talk about the origin of the Bible. Here's a true or false statement. You tell me whether it's true or whether it's false. Christianity has always claimed that the Bible just fell from the sky as God's divine will to humanity. False! False! Christianity has always claimed that the Bible has both human and divine origins. That there is a human component, that there is a divine component. And if you really think about the origin of the Bible, we're, we're all talking about big picture things this morning. We can get into every little detail and technicality, but from a big picture point of view, we got the Bible in four steps. So number one is oral traditions. Number two is the writing of documents. Number three was the bringing together of various materials. And number four was the establishment of a canon. Now, Christians believe that God guided, inspired, infused this process, but let's just talk about it from the human side of the equation for the moment. So, step number one in how we get the Bible is oral tradition. Most of the Bible, a lot of the Bible started verbally. Example, hey, I was just in the village, and I saw this rabbi named Jesus heal someone. Or, granddaughter, I'm going to tell you the story that has been passed on from our people for centuries. And so these oral traditions were often preserved very carefully and shared sometimes over centuries. And then the next step in the development of the Bible was written documents. The writing down of the oral traditions. But in some cases, parts of the Bible actually began as written documents, like Paul's letters, for example, in the New Testament. And then step number three was the bringing together of materials. Oral materials, oral traditions, bits and pieces of written documents, and sort of taking shape into the books or the scrolls that we might identify today. And actually this happened very, very early on. So that the books of the Bible are, for the most part, fairly steady, fairly static over the centuries. And then number four is the establishment of the canon. Not boom, boom. Not that kind of canon. But canon being the official, or authorized, or authoritative version. And actually this old biblical language word, and used in other situations too, this academic geek word canon, you now hear it all the time in society, because people say, what is canon in the Star Wars universe? Or what is canon in the Marvel or DC universe? Meaning, what is the official story? What, what's the official version? And actually, the Christian canon uh, has been pretty consistent. Now, in the beginning, there was some shuffling around, some wandering and praying and signs, but it's been pretty consistent, actually, for 2,000 years. However, 
are the official recognizing of the canon, the sort of closing down of the process, didn't really happen until the first and fourth centuries, respectively, for Jews and for Christians, for the Old Testament and the New Testament. All right, another question for you. How many of you have ever heard of the Lost Gospels? Like the Gospel of Thomas. Anyone read any of those? Okay, all right. Good, I'm going to quiz you later about the Gospel of Thomas. Now, these Lost Gospels and these other sort of extra-canonical books are interesting to read, uh, sort of, some of them. But the reason they're not included in the canon is because mostly because of their late dating. They were written, most of them, much later, uh, as well as because some of their content. And that really just makes sense from a historical and literary point of view. And yeah, there's some theological reasons too, and we could, we could talk about those. Alright, now for another joke. Prepare to roll your eyes. Who was the greatest comedian in the Bible? Samson, because he brought the house down. This is a Bible literary one, you have to know the story. You can look it up, Judges 1629. But anyway, yeah, he brought the house down. I almost brought the house down once too. I knocked the Christmas tree into the fireplace. Well, never mind, but my dad got really, really mad at me. And I actually used to be six foot five, but he took me down a few inches. Yeah. Now, moving right along, moving, moving along. Now, now, I want you to think about this. This is another question for you. If you are a fly, if you are a fly on the wall in a room full of Bible scholars, PhD Bible scholars, atheist, Christian, agnostic, New Age. Do you hear them saying things like, well, you know, the uh, church changed a lot of passages to suit their agenda. Not, not so much. Even from the fiercest critics of the church. If you're a fly on the wall in this room full of PhD Bible scholars, do you hear them saying things like, well, you know, we really can't trust these manuscripts because, you know, like in the children's game telephone, you know, you pass down a message and it gets all garbled and messed up, so you really can't trust them. Not so much. As has been written, ancient peoples had very meticulous and careful procedures for passing on both oral and written traditions. Recent discoveries of ancient manuscripts have testified to the amazing consistency of the various copies we have from over the centuries. Now, don't miss here. For sure, for sure, scholars argue and debate massively. Massively, massively, massively. They massively argue about what do these manuscripts mean? Should they be taken in a literal way? Should they be taken in a symbolic way? Who wrote them? Why? Is this a fairy tale or is this historical? But for the most part, scholars do not spend lots of time discussing or writing articles about the reliability of the manuscripts or that they were somehow messed up or something like that. Because the variations that we find in the manuscripts are for the most part, for the most part, the most part, are pretty minor. For example, one manuscript might say celebrate and the other one might say celebrate. That was a joke, folks. That was a joke. Celebrate. <laughs> celebrate. But seriously, a lot of the manuscript variations are things like, some manuscripts say, the disciples. Other manuscripts say, disciples. Okay. All of that is very good to know. And helpful to know. But, 
it actually does not answer the biggest challenge that most people have in regard to the scriptures. In fact, everything I just shared with you actually makes the problem even worse. Just think about it. Do all the math of everything that we've just talked about. So, if these manuscripts are largely accurate, and it appears we have good evidence that they are, and if these are the stories and teachings that have been passed down for centuries by God's people, and we have lots of evidence that that's the case, why is the Bible full of so much that is vulgar and violent? Why is that in the Bible? If you've ever wrestled or thought about that, raise your hand. Some of the vulgar, violent stuff in the Bible. Yeah, it's all there. And that's actually the question we're going to be looking at next week. So we'll come back next week for that. In the meantime, hang with the Bible. Wrestle with it. Question it. Do the research about the facts. Talk about it with Christians and non-Christians alike. And ask God to guide you through His pages. You'll be surprised at the results. Amen.